Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From NewSounds.org and the studios of WNYC in New York, this is Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews. I'm John Schaefer. Singer Nick Hakim has been producing records of gently psychedelic soul here in New York since 2014. Occasionally, he drops the gentle psychedelia in favor of something more obviously trippy. It happens several times on his newest album, Cometa. It's a record full of shimmery, often elusive textures, and I'm really interested to see how Nick and his band play these songs in a live setting. Here is Nick Hakim and a song called Vertigo. Just 
called Vertigo, live performance by Nick Hakim and his band here in our studio, that band featuring Kyle Miles on bass, Andrew Foreman on guitar, Vishal Nayak behind our drum kit, and Nick himself singing and playing more guitar. It's good to have you here, Nick. Thank you so much for having me, so having us. That, that song on the record, Vertigo, the song kind of moves along behind almost like a like a scrim of these hazy electronic sounds, which gi- which gives mm. it that kind of psychedelic effect. But even here, with just the four of you, the kind of interplay of the two guitars adds a, a kind of a shimmer. Mm. So, I mean, you've you've done you've been doing this kind of music now for a number of years. Does the psychedelia happen in the song or in the production? Hmm. I guess <laughs> a little of both maybe yeah. I'm not definitely trying to experiment a little bit with the with the songs and their and like how I'm recording and 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 uh, producing them and just experimenting with different things yeah um the album's called Cometa which is I mean if you look up the English word for comet it's Cometa but mm-hmm. Cometa means something else too right yeah it means comet or kite kite mm-hmm I, I thought it was an interesting word that it had a, that it had two meanings and it's like the the diff it's like the the space in between like how high a kite can go and then how high a comet is it's just, right. it was really interesting and it was like feeling like elevated but in extreme ways and in subtle ways and I, I thought that that was kind of the whole idea behind that name. Hmm. Well, um, did you grow up speaking Spanish? I mean, you have South American parents. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Spoke spoke Spanish growing up. Even though you were born here. Mm-hmm. So do you ever write in Spanish? A little bit, yeah. I've been experimenting with that and I have a lot of friends that um, that are Spanish speaking as well and that make music and I've been writing with them a little bit. Oh, interesting. In Spanish, yeah. yeah. Now when did you start singing? I know I remember like being able to sing back things that I would listen to when I was like maybe like 10 or something or 11 but I didn't really start practicing or um, taking it any kind of serious way until I was about 16 or 17. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And w- when you start singing you're you're faced with this kind of spectrum of sound from belters at one end <laughs> to crooners at the other and <laughs> There is absolutely no doubt which end of that spectrum you are on. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just naturally how, how it goes, but um, how it's been for me. But, you know, if I, in a certain mood, I could definitely project a lot more. <laughs> I think that's just the natural way I, I, I approach it. It's yeah. just a little quiet. Well, and... You know, that has uh, spawned over the course of the years lots of comparisons to people like Nick Drake. Did you listen? uh, Did you even know who Nick Drake was when people started comparing you to him? Yeah, I've been listening to Nick Drake for for a long time. I think we actually covered a Nick Drake song, Saturday Sun, like uh, like six years ago or something at another session. Um, He had a, you know, he had a great sound, very kind of chamber music-y almost mm-hmm. in the way he approached folk or folk rock. Yeah, back and like John Cale worked, he worked with like John, John Cale. John Cale, yes. Yeah. Right. So that was back in the 70s. And it seems like, you know, sometimes in your music, actually I'm going to say often in your music, 
you seem to be kind of looking at earlier forms of music. You know, one of the first songs of yours I ever heard was Cold. With your eyes, they never lie. When you strip away the production, it's like something out of the great American songbook. I mean, it's it it, 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 it the form is just like a standard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on this album, you have the song Ani, the lead-off track. Mm-hmm which looks back to late Beatles, you know, Strawberry Fields, and right down to the the weird outro at the end. Consciously, something that you do, or it just comes out that way. I think, I think it's subconscious most of the time. I think it's really just it's a reflection of what of the input that I, that I'm the stuff I listen to, and I'm really interested in making things as simple as they can be in the most with 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 substance, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what all these great songs that you're mentioning, like songs from the '60s and '70s, like those are. There's something really simple, but also like there's a lot of substance in, in those recordings and in the vocal performance and the you know and the waves that the recording sound like it's like so I, I don't know, I'm kind of from I think I'm a student to that you know mm. so okay does it ever happen where you know you listen back you finish the record and it's that first playback and you think. Oh, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, there's always discoveries and stuff that I'm like, oh, I don't, I, that's an interesting uh, thing that was played. Like on this last on Vertigo, um, there's like a, a Moog like choir, and it was it was like kind of like what Stevie would do on uh, um, You and I on his recording. You and I, he has that like really those beautiful Moogs in the background and I was Stevie like Stevie Wonder you mean yeah Stevie yeah. Wonder um, and I was like how how would this sound on on on, on Vertigo you know I just started but it's like literally just like I, I just played random lines and then just over each other and it was a complete improv of like just you know it was like three different takes mm. on top of each other and that you know it was a lot of I discovered a lot of like I was just like what I was doing that I was just kind of letting it guide you know <laughs> That is, uh, you know, I mean, letting things happen yeah. is, is getting out of your own way is often a crucial part of, of the, the creative process, it mm-hmm. seems. Speaking of happen, 
that is the name of the next song that mm-hmm. you're going to do for us. Here's Nick Hakim with the band and a live version of his song called Happen.
song's called Happen. You'll find a version of that on the album Cometa, the latest from Nick Hakim, who's here with the band playing live for us today. You went to Berkeley, right? The Berkeley mm-hmm. School of Music? Yeah. What did you study there? Um, I was my voice principal, and I studied a, a variety of things. Um, the one that I really loved the, the most was music therapy. Music therapy, interesting. Mm-hmm. Ha- have you actually done that sort of work? Um, actually, Vishal and I, we've been working with the school, City High School, which is, um, we do a mentorship program there and we work with, but yeah, I guess that's like part of my, I'm interested in working with people. and I'm, I think I'm trying to find my practice within what music therapy means. And yeah. uh, there's different, there's all kinds of different approaches. It's kind of a, very broad um, field, and it's it's just always it's really interesting. It really it, I, it's a fascinating field, and you know, I know there's a school of thought that says all music is therapeutic, and you know, music has charms to soothe the savage beast and all that kind of stuff. But therapeutically, y- it's you can't just it's not like one size fits all, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's all, all different kinds of. Um, uses for for something like music therapy i mean you could say that just listening to records is therapeutic sure and that's what always kind of interested me about this um approach or this field of work that people do and it's still kind of being discovered in many ways and there's a lot of people doing really interesting uh practices within um as like as a career for what music therapy is but yeah i guess uh, you know we could say that it's like playing writing songs is therapeutic even to For whoever's you. writing yeah so yeah. it's like I just always wanted to see how I'm I'm still finding my um I guess my 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 place with what what I would how I would approach like music therapy but for right now it's working with high schoolers and helping them kind of navigate like writing songs and yeah. learning production and stuff like that but just being present i guess right and and helping them be. to express themselves yes yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great um but but it was mostly voice that was like your your mate yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering what your teachers made of this singer who can, who barely you know gets above the threshold of audibility what <laughs> what kind of reaction did you get yeah i i, I well it's i have a lot of different personalities with my voice like uh, there's different um times when i do project quite a bit i, I don't believe it's the second time <laughs> you said I'm, I'm still having trouble believing this nick <laughs> um, yeah but i did have i did have a teacher that that helped me a lot with that when uh-huh. i was in school um Speaking of teachers, uh, the sax player Roy Nathanson has oh, yes. been a teacher here in New York for many, many years. Absolutely. And, you know, music fans will know him from uh, his own band, The Jazz Passengers, and before that, The Lounge Lizards. And you and he did a record yes, last year yeah. called Small Things, which uh, in which you were singing his poetry. Yes. That must have been like a completely different thing. Yeah, it was incredible. It was so fun to work with Roy. I love Roy. He's like... He's a he Brooklyn like institution. Yeah. yeah, he feels like a family member now. You know, he's a. I love him very much, and I can't wait. We're writing more songs. So, oh, great! Yeah, same kind of approach, like his poems, and uh, then I just will make up some chords and find a melody for them. He, yeah. w- the way he described it to me uh, last year was that um, he had he showed you 
these poems. It was like in his basement studio or whatever. And that you, like right there on the spot, you came up with yeah. songs. Yeah. <laughs> Is that really how it happened? Yeah. Yeah. He has this really amazing Fender Rhodes um, on his table that it's just like, it sounds incredible. Today, you're the guy to look at on the subway. You're the guy falling asleep all bent over Bad news caught in your throat like a cold I guess today you got the call I love working with Roy. I'm excited mm. to keep working with him. Um, well, that record was actually a three-way collaboration because it was you, Roy Nathanson, and the Onyx, Onyx Collective. Co- collective. Mm-hmm. Um, had you worked with them before? Yeah, that's how I met Roy. Yeah. Yeah, because the band leader and Onyx Collective, um, he was Roy's student in high school. Is that and Isaiah Barr? Isaiah Barr. Um, the next song you're going to do for us is called Feeling Myself. I got a little feeling of Prince on this one, <laughs> at least on the record. Yeah. Is that a laugh of recognition or... Uh... No, good. it's a good one. It's okay. Good, I like that reference. It's good. Uh, let's, uh, let's hear another live uh, performance from Nick Hakim and the band. Thank you so much.
song is called Feeling Myself from the uh, album Cometa, the latest from Nick Hakim. That's a live performance here in the studio by the band. And so, Nick, when's, when's the next time we get to hear you and the band in this live setting here in New York? Uh, Brooklyn Steel, January 21st. Nice. Yeah. Um, and at, you, you mentioned before that you and Roy are, are back writing again. Yes, absolutely. So, so that'll be the next record, or do you have yet another iron in the fire? I have, yeah, I have a couple, a couple <laughs> irons in the fire for sure. Right. Yeah, one with well, Roy. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you guys for coming in and playing for us Thank today. you so much for having us. It's such a pleasure. And you can uh, find all of our soundcheck uh, performances and interviews on the website at newsounds.org. Our technical director, Irene Trudell. Our producer, Karen Havlick. I'm John Schaefer. See you next time. Yeah.